Welcome, dearies, to a spooktacular episode of Venture Maidens. That's right, boys and ghouls, it's a Halloween special. Before we start, to chill your bones, I want to say thank you to our amazing patrons who make this show possible, and to Alex Shea and Tabletop Tapes for the use of his melancholy melodies this episode. Our sponsor this week are the Dark Spirits of Cobalt Press and their new shadowy tome, Tales of the Old Maghreb, which is running a Kickstarter right now. The Tales of the Old Maghreb is an adventure campaign set in the ancient dark forest of Maghreb, a place full of druidic magic intent on preserving its own secrets. This Kickstarter includes both a GM hardcover to guide your party from levels 1 to 10, as well as a softcover tome for your players full of new races and class subtypes. Plus, our own resident warlock, James Intracasso, was a contributor. So go now to kickstarter.com and search for the old Maghreb from Cobalt Press and get new ways to taunt and terrify your party with ghost trees. Now, let us begin our tale of fright that takes place one dark and stormy night. Gather round, travelers, to hear a frightful tale. Our maidens take a detour to help Vlad confront a ghost from his past. Will they take up the housemaster's quest? Can they put old wounds to rest? Will the spooky specters prove too monstrous? Find out in our Halloween special episode, Homecoming. Well, shall we go live then? Yeah. I mean, if we must. Let's do it. Uh, let's just <laughs> cancel thing. and hang out. <laughs> yeah, we're, let's do the this thing. stream will be about to begin for eternity. Ah, ah, ah. That was the real spook all along. Y'all, hush your mouths. You need silence so I can segue into the scene. Coconut. You're a coconut. Hi. Hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a spooky episode of the Venture Maidens podcast. I am your spook master today. Yes. Hello. Welcome. I am so excited about Halloween and this episode. Are you guys ready to get spooked? Yes. Yes, honey. I want to take a quick moment. What is everybody dressing up as for Halloween? I'm wearing it. I'm pushing the cat. (laughs) Which is wonderful. Super cute. What are you doing this evening for Halloween? I'm going to be Cruella de Vil. Uh, right now I'm wearing my Marie Antoinette wig. I can't put on the costume because I would die of the heat stroke. Uh, but I don't know if I'm going to wear this for Halloween, but this is one of my many cyclical uh, costumes because I have to wear at least five different uh, like costumes during October. Otherwise, it doesn't really count. <laughs> going as spy versus spy. Nice. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. Do you have a pointy nose too? No, I um, I'll definitely be posting pictures. Jordan is gonna be the black spy, and I'm gonna be the white spy. I didn't want to be the uh, white spy because who the fuck wants to wear an all white suit on Halloween? Mm-mm. Yeah, nobody, wants no one, to. nobody ever. <laughs> well, the comic is black and white. Just say he's orange or something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It just ends up looking like we this all know. because of the contrast. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh my oh, god, man. it's the blue dress all over again. <laughs> right. Oh, it's what color? <laughs> 
It's fucking white Grab and gold. You. Oh my gosh. Families were broken that day. I... But anyway, <laughs> this is a great episode for those of you who might be new to the chat. Welcome. This is sort of our fun one-shot holiday episode, so we're not going to be this isn't this is canonical to the plot, but it's not uh in in time. What is that? It's not linear. Concurrent time. Yeah, I guess it's not a linear timeline. This is this is, it's like, it's like one of those flashback episodes when the flashback isn't something you've seen before. Right. You're like, oh, what, what do you mean that's what they did when they had that wee gunned off that one time? Yeah. Hello, it's us. It's this episode. So, uh, we won't try to be too spoilery so folks can jump in and you can enjoy the episode, even if you're not all the way caught up, because we just love Halloween and we wanted it to be spooky. It is, I think it's all of our favorite holiday, right? It's mine. It's definitely mine. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, hands down. Without question. So, I suppose let's let's get into it, everybody. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a special holiday episode of the Venture Maidens podcast. I will be your spook master today, Celeste Conowich. I will be uh, one of your little mini ghosts, uh, Brittany. Wait, sorry. I fucked that up. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> one of your I, a mini ghosts. I will be, <laughs> I play Arnadel Ithil, your moon elf warlock, who's by nature awkwardly spooky, um, played by me, Brittany Quintero. And I, Nazgul, will be playing <laughs> yes. your human monk, Cyanur. And I am Sage, and I play Kaur Brynhilda, the dwarven barbarian. Yes. Welcome, everybody, to a tale of fright that will fill our hearts with delight. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, okay, I'm done now. (laughs) I think the wig has already gotten to you. (laughs) I know. So it's, yes, it's very tight on my head, so uh, if I start to, if I faint, you all know what happened. Um, (laughs) So, anyway, this scene... Uh, It's taking place one of those rare days at the Elysium Keep where you all have some downtime. Uh, You've been about your business, doing whatever for the day. Maybe that's training. Maybe that's restocking. Just taking a breather in between these big adventures that you happen to go on. And the the day goes fine. It's a pretty normal day. Uh, And then you get to the point as the sun sets, uh, everything starts to wind down at the keep. You all retreat I mean, what are what are you all doing? Like, what do you do right before bed? Where can we all find find the maidens? Oh, having a nightcap, obviously. I mean, no yeah, question. What do you think, Kara <laughs> and Arnadel are before bed? That's fine. That's fair. In bed, they're living their life. <laughs> what is Saye doing? Sai is making her own magic in the training ring. <laughs> oh my! Oh, okay. yeah. I was not all right. Just making your own magic. Yeah, yeah. No, not that kind of magic. (laughs) So you're like in the training room in the central kind of courtyard area. What are you working on? Are you just doing some calisthenics? You punch in a bag? Yeah, like calisthenics stuff, uh, like skill improvement. So like practicing my quickness and my steps. Yeah, and everybody else who's been practicing has kind of packed up their stuff for the day, you know, said their said their goodbyes, uh, said they'll see you tomorrow. And so gradually all the other people in the courtyard have left. So it's just you right now at this point, getting those last good knee high knees in lunges. <laughs> yeah. That's an exercise. Yeah, yeah. Jumping squats. <laughs> Planks. Yeah. Oh God. Um, getting those those last few in before you head in for the night. Uh and then you hear 
a breeze that just comes across the courtyard and seems to scoop some stray leaves. And it's almost like it's just so eerily silent all of a sudden. And then as that breeze goes by, you hear a voice from behind you. Madam, may I speak with you a moment? (gasps) And Vlad has appeared behind you. Uh, I am a little bit startled. (laughs) And I guess... I just laugh, laugh it off, and I punch Vlad in the arm. I go, Jesus, Vlad, you know, it's, uh, the sun's gone down, and you're, you're really light on your feet. He doesn't respond to the humor at all. He's looking at you very gravely. I mean, you, you, he pretty much only ever looks serious and sullen, but this time there's just a little bit of an extra emptiness to his stare as he looks down at you, and his shoulders are sort of hunched. And uh, he says, Madam, I have a favor to ask of you and your companions. A matter that I, well, I cannot bring it before the, the other agents. I was hoping you might be able to assist me. Yeah, is everything okay, Vlad? Well, no, not exactly. I, I... I have to retrieve an item of some importance, and I must go soon. And I would like for you to accompany me. Oh, where where do you have to go? Do you know? I do. It is a familiar place to me. It will involve some travel. It's not exactly a, um... Well, it's hard to explain. Sure. Like, now? Do, should I go find the girls? Yes, if you can find the other maidens and assemble your equipment, I fear you'll need it. Okay. Um, I apologize deeply that I must even ask this of you, but I I just feel like I can trust you. Well, this is a side of him that she never expected to see. Uh, This is the most he's ever said. Yeah, exactly. Ever. Yeah, (laughs) with any kind of emotion around it, too. Uh, Mm -hmm. so I want to take some extra time here and just, you know, try and use it, not not use it to my advantage, but use it to, like, ask, are we, uh, was there anything else I should know about this? Like, I mean, I don't know what, what they'll be doing. I don't know what to to say them, to say to them. Or should we get ready? Should we be armed? Ready yourselves and call my name when you are ready to leave. And there's a rustling of wind, and he disappears. Whoa. Just right before your eyes, just gone. Yeah. This guy. And after, like, a moment of shock, I I walk over to where I know they will be in their significant other's quarters, or (laughs) their workshops. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little knock from outside. Let me know when you're decent. I need to talk to you guys. Do you hear, like, awakened minds? Like, aren't it like, oh, hold on one second. One second. I'll be right there. Like, hold on. <laughs> oh, oh I hold outside. <laughs> she, like, you hear a fall and, like, say, swear and shit. And, like, Ar- Ar- Aaron's probably just like, oh, fuck, okay. Yeah, uh, <laughs> well, my, my ear is pressed up against the door. Like, almost my whole body. I'm just kind of like, what is happening there? <laughs> like it's everything okay no no just go all can you just hand me that okay all right uh stand back okay don't 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 worry about dressing yourself no okay 
<laughs> Alright, so as you open the door, you see Aaron has, like, a sheet, like, up to his chin, kind of in the corner. Like... That's hilarious and adorable. Right? <laughs> I am turning, like, bright red for him. I'm just kind of, like, <laughs> shirt up to my face, like, hey. And he's got the sheet up, and he's like, he will not let you see a single chest hair no. on his torso. <laughs> <laughs> Out of modesty. Yes. All right. And then after that brief encounter, I just turn away and patiently wait for Arnadel. Oh, I'm there. I'm ready. She. Oh, I'm like okay. totally dressed. My hair's combed. All right. We need to go get Kara. Vlad needs our help with something. He has to get something, and he seemed really worried. And I want to help him. Will you come Ew. with me? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, l- let me say bye to Aaron real quick. Um, yeah, yeah. We probably won't be gone long. Oh, okay. Um, I just, I'm sure he hears all of this, so I just go give him mm-hmm. a kiss and squeeze his hand, and I'm like, all right, I'll, yeah, I'll be right you, back. Do you, oh, okay. Do you need anything, or? Um, okay, I mean. No, no, I'm okay. Um, yeah, just, uh, I don't know how long this will take, but make yourself comfortable. You you basically live here, so it's fine. Uh, okay, yeah, no, I'll be right here, just keeping things doing the thing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> she's just like skips out like it's so awkward god we haven't had one of these in a long time you guys okay so you skip out into the hallway and then you go and collect Kara. Mm yeah skipping so you skip down to the artificer's workshop Mm -hmm. banging on the door Hey, Kara. And then Ardadel's, Kara. Kara. You immediately hear the clanking of metal clanking on the ground onto other metal and also a loud thump. And then Kara going, God damn it, I kicked the fucking thing again with my toe. Ah! And then you hear her kick it again. <laughs> And she, yeah, she keep kicking it. I'm gonna have to keep fixing it. <laughs> ah, I just ah. All right, D- uh, hand me, hand me my bra. And Car- uh. and Kara stumbles out in like a sports bra and some pants. <laughs> it's like, what? What's up? Oh well, we actually have uh, some adventure waiting for us tonight. If uh, you don't mind accompanying us, we need your help. <laughs> Vlad needs our help. Vlad? Okay. I will... Yeah, I'm not even gonna... Okay. Alright. She just, like, turns around, like, in a little bit of a stoop, like, sideways, like, stupor, and then, like, (laughs) closes the door behind her and comes out a few minutes later, like, dressed. And then she, like, pokes her head out for a second. It's like, wait, is this, like, a... Is this, like, an armor thing? Do I gotta do the whole jam? I mean, yeah, probably. I mean, can't be too safe. Uh, Kara, I don't actually know if you... Do you even need armor? (laughs) (laughs) At this point? It certainly helps. (laughs) And then she, yeah, goes back in and you hear the more clanking of metal and she comes out and, yeah, finished finished putting on the last bits of her armor. And flings her bag over her shoulder and, all right. Let's get a move on, I guess. Bye, love. <laughs> she calls back into the uh, room. Yeah. Bye. Oh, shit. I think it's really broken this time. 
Oops. <laughs> uh, we'll fix it tomorrow, I guess. <laughs> Ardenal's thoroughly like, what's broken? <laughs> I don't. I don't even know what it does. <laughs> All right, do you call for Vlad? Uh, yeah, but just before I do, Saya takes a minute to just be really happy for both of them. <laughs> before Aww. we do, just, I'm like, you know, I'm just so happy for both of you guys. You seem so happy with these people, and that makes me happy, and I'm very grateful that you're happy to come with me on an adventure in the middle of the night that takes you away from those two people. Oh. I'm, I'm glad, I'm just, I really appreciate you guys. Yeah, uh, excuse me. What is it? Chicks before dicks? Sorry, girl. We're always gonna be down for this. They can they can wait. <laughs> okay, so you take a minute to be happy for each other. Vlad! <laughs> okay. And uh, as that happens, uh, you basically just step right out of the artificer's workshop, so you're standing in this long columned hallway, and he just steps out from behind a column. Oh my god. And uh, he... Fuck! He... <laughs> Inclines his head to each of you in turn, giving you again that just grim stare. Madams, thank you for agreeing to come with me. I apologize. I cannot be more forthright. But once we arrive, I can explain more. You're going with us? Yes. Oh. I already don't get so excited, because she doesn't get too many interactions with Vlad. She's like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, are you ready? Uh, yeah, I think yeah. so. And, uh, he, he waves a hand, and gray mist begins to move in, uh, surrounding it starts at your feet, and it goes higher and higher as the air itself becomes hazy and strange, and this mist presses in until you can't see anything. You couldn't see your own hand in front of your face, and just like that, it begins to dissolve once again. And you find you're standing in a very different place than where you were before. You're no longer at the Elysium Keep. Right now you stand on this open, kind of grassy field. Except everything is covered in this thick layer of mist. And you see that there are just these ghostly bare trees just sticking across the hillsides. And all of the grass seems either dead or frozen um and that's the all the scenery coming from behind you and then as you look forward you see this iron gate that stretches out in front of you uh and behind it there is a manor house that looks like it's fallen into disrepair like nobody has been there in quite a while you can see that the weeds are overgrown in the yard and there are these weird kind of statues of monstrous creatures that dot across the landscape but then this big house just looms up in front of you. You might see, if you rewatch this episode on YouTube, when you said bear trees, I was genuinely confused. <laughs> I, was, I, they, thought, I was wondering what you were laughing about. I immediately <laughs> pictured, <laughs> I, yes, I immediately pictured what you think. <laughs> just bear. bears standing up like this with branches yeah. coming out of them. And it 
uh, took me too long to be like, <laughs> yes, bear, dead trees, of course. Bear. Bear naked trees everywhere. Uh, <laughs> now I'm just imagining bears in bikinis holding tree bears, branches. Naked bears. Shaved bears are everywhere holding sticks. Oh, God. Have you ever seen a hairless bear? They are terrifying. Yeah, they look fucking <laughs> crazy. <laughs> fucking so, freaky. Why would I that? That sounds horrifying. There was an article that had a bunch of animals, hairless animals, and they're like, guess what it is? And Who like, shaved? Who shaved a bear? They can have alopecia. Oh boy, that's fantastic. Oh so God. you so you arrive on this ground and immediately you're hit with the coldness of this place. The air is misty. It's you can't tell if it's night or day because it's so cloudy, misty around you, but it feels cold. Like maybe maybe it's winter here, but you're not really sure. And you begin to hear the cawing of some bird coming from off in the distance somewhere. And Vlad, just his eyes go up to this manor house. And he looks down again at all of you. This is where I grew up. Oh my god, no wonder you're so such a miserable fuck. I would like to do a history check. Sure. I just want to ask him, how long ago did you live here, Vlad? It was a long time ago. It used to be a joyful place, full of many good memories. Obviously, it has fallen far from that. I rolled a modified 20. Okay, uh, you're looking at, like, the architecture, you're looking at this house to see, I mean, creepy houses, like... You're not really familiar with this scenery. You could be kind of anywhere. Um, it, it gives you a, a bad feeling. This whole place gives you a bad feeling. Like, maybe the, the land itself or the house itself has been touched by some kind of darkness. Um, but I mean, the style of this, it's very, like, upper end, you know, like a human family that had a lot of money. They would probably build a house like this, sure. Um, clearly this is in disrepair, so nobody has maintained it or lived here for a while. Um, that's really all you're getting. You're not seeing any, like, other positive identifications or markings to give you more historical context. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and then Vlad continues on. My father stayed at this place long after I left. And he recently has gone from this place but he might have left behind something dangerous that I must retrieve lest it fall into the wrong hands what's so dangerous about it yeah and whose hands are we worrying about well you who are you worrying about my father is was a vile man prone to darkness. In that house, I believe, he has left behind a book of spells so evil, so profane, that they cannot fall into mortal hands. I could not bring this to Rem or Kristoff's attention. I hoped that you all would be able to help me in this endeavor. For while I put great trust in them, well, I trust all of your intentions, and I see goodness within each of you. Oh, 
this warms Ma- Saya's heart so much. Um, I can tell it's a very personal matter, and yeah, you you can definitely count on on us. We'll help you, no matter what. Yeah, mum's the word, Blatty. This house, I'm sure, will have ghosts of its own, and whatever else my father left behind in this place. So prepare yourselves. You may turn back now, if you wish. I never run in from a good fight. Yeah. yeah. It crosses Arnadel's mind to want she wonders what Vlad's like magical abilities are. He clearly has some. He like bred he banged yeah. on the magical <laughs> register. So she's like, What are you? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll see. Uh, yeah. So he looks at all of you and he looks grateful. Um, and he begins to stride forward, and he pushes on one of these iron rot gates, and it just swings open slowly with this kind of shriek as ancient rust just peels off for the first time, as these gates probably haven't been opened in a very long time. And he begins to step forward towards the set of double doors that are now peeling with paint, and again, just weeds and just a desiccated garden surrounds you, a place that was probably once very lovely. I would love for you all to make perception checks. Oh, boy. Oh, uh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Fifteen. Oh, your monk's first natural one of the oh, evening. Good. <laughs> good night. <laughs> I rolled a ten. Is that on the okay. fucking bingo board? Does that get me a goddamn inspiration point? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Oh, she getting fiery. Um, that's cool. Vlad also rolled a natural one, if that makes you feel any better. <laughs> he's just overwhelmed right now. And you can see that, too. As he's walking, he's looking at the spaces like of the yard around him and gets this glassy look like maybe he's remembering something that happened here a very long time ago. Mm. Uh, and so, Kara, you know, as you're walking down this path, you're kind of looking around at the gardens, everything. Uh, and then something catches your eye, like out far in the corner, uh, you see this broken pieces of what was probably a fountain, and that there are a few statues that surround that area over there. And as you look, you you know, you scan and you kind of your eyes trail back, and you see that one of the statues has gotten about 10 feet closer than when last you looked. Mm. <laughs> Kara leans over to Arndale. And he's like, hey, don't look over your shoulder, but I think that statue is following us. Is that a thing that could happen with magic? I'm gonna do an arcana check bef- she's- while she's listening to you. Oh, that's not too bad. Um, 19. Oh yeah, there's a lot of shit that could animate statues. Um, statues sometimes are imbued with magic to protect places. Um, there, you know, objects can be animated for a specific purpose. It could be something more nefarious, like maybe a creature that can appear as a stone statue. Um, there are a lot of different possibilities of what this could be. Probably none of them great. Um, she's going to whisper back slightly loud enough for. For Saya to hear, are you right next to me, Saya? I'm. I'm either. Yeah. I don't know where you are, but I'm walking probably next to Vlad with you know wide swinging elbows. 
this well, is how we dog. walk. <laughs> then in a tone that is not enough to alarm whatever it is that's following us or notify, um, Arnadel's going to whisper back to Kara and be like, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So we should be aware <laughs> that this thing is following us. Yeah, I, I agree. I use Awakened Mind for, like, uh, Sawyer and Vlad, like, the statue's following us. Uh, when you try to reach out to Vlad, you get a bunch of static. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, Sawyer immediately turns around and goes, which one? <laughs> of course you do. And, uh, let's ta- and let's all turn around so, and look at it. <laughs> just, just in this little powwow moment that you've all had talking to each other, you see that the statue again totally has moved like five feet closer to you in oh. this time. And so you can see that it's this statue just, it looks like a completely made of gray stone of this warrior of some kind. So he's got a sword, he's got a shield. But as he turns and you can see his face now, you just see that there are tracks carved into his eyes, like tears mm. are carved onto his face. Hmm. Well, at least it's not an angel. That's true. It is not an angel. <laughs> oh, God. I say we keep moving forward into the house and uh, just not let it get too close. I'm going to do a quick, like, detect magic scan here. Just... Oh, it's very magical. You aren't getting the read that it's an artifact. You're getting a read that it's a creature of some kind. Oh, no. I say that to everybody. I'm like, well, it's not enchanted. Looks like it's a thing. It's a uh, thing. It's not a It's not a ghost? I Maybe mean, ghost? it might be, but it looks pretty stony to me. Not super ethereal. I think it's like a golem or like maybe, I don't know, gargoyle maybe. Vlad has been listening to this whole conversation. He goes and he steps forward towards the thing and he looks at it and he goes, what are you? Vlad's got balls. Oh my God. And the statue you see for the first time now, you see it moves and it drops open its mouth. Like, so it sort of works like one of those puppet jaws, you know, where it just raises and lowers there. And it says, and you can see that there's this kind of swirling blue blackness within its mouth that you can see. And it just says, kill me, please. What the fuck? And it closes its jaw again and just is staring at Vlad. And Vlad turns back and looks at all of you. Um, insight check? Yeah, insight Sure. What the fuck? Okay, different dice. I got a two. I got a seven. Because I'm freaked out. You know, stone statue's got one hell of a poker's face. Uh. You just don't, you don't know. I mean, this creature sounded miserable when it said that to you. What are we doing here, guys? I don't, I want to kill it, but... So I feel sympathy for it, but I I don't want to hurt it. If it's asking for for death, I don't feel right. I totally want to put it out of its misery, but Arnadel's more concerned about, like, what if this is a ruse and it unlocks something bad and evil, just like Bartleby. She doesn't want to live that town again. Hey, Vlad, what, what are we doing here? We shall return on the way out and see if your intentions are true 
If they are, we will give you what you seek. And then he turns around and he walks into the house. Damn, that's fucking cold. But we get it. All right. And as you do so, and he approaches the doors for the first time and like pulls on that handle, the door begins to rattle. Like not... Not like a wind is coming through, just like suddenly this whole front wall of this place begins to rattle, and you can hear sounds of glass as the house itself seems to be responding to his touch on this doorknob. And he he takes a breath and then throws open the door, and you find before you there is a reception room of some kind it's it's sort of a smaller room you can see that there are doors off to the left and to the right there are hooks lining the walls and there's a much more elegant set of doors immediately across from you everything in this house is done in tones of like there's red wallpaper with like beautiful like walnut paneling everywhere but again it's just fallen out of repair Uh, things aren't dusty but things are like the rug hasn't been cleaned in a long time, or, like, the the paint is starting to peel at the edges. That sort of thing. And you can see also in the set of double doors immediately across from you, there's a beautiful crest that is carved into the doors. And so the crest itself is on a field of red. You see this large bird with a hooked beak, and a bolt of lightning crosses in the background. That's tight as fuck. So yeah. what do you mean it's not dusty, but the house is in disrepair? That's a pretty safe assumption that somebody still lives here. You would feel comfortable making that assumption. Hmm. Or somebody lived here until recently. Oh, God, that's so uncomfortable. I dig the fuck out of that crest, though. Yeah, so it's a vulture on the field of red with a bolt of lightning in the background. He said that his dad's passing was um recent. Kind of. And he didn't say passing, necessarily. Okay. Departure. His father's <laughs> departure, departure he from left. this place was recent. He's done. Yeah. So, yeah. um, Vlad, where's the first place? What's your instinct? Well, if I know my father, he kept his laboratory up in the attic. That is where I would assume this book would be. Okay. Well, lead the way. And he takes, yeah, he just sighs again. He he doesn't show a lot of emotion, but this is more than you've ever seen from him. He seems to be having a very hard time with this. And as he steps forward, uh, he opens up that set of double doors, and you open into a wider room where you see that there's this grand staircase that goes up in front of you to the second story. Uh, you see that there is a door leading off to the left, a door leading off to the right, and then immediately across from you, uh, on the far side of the room, there are these big glass doors that lead into like a courtyard, uh, kind of in the center of the house. Everybody go ahead and make perception uh-huh. checks for me. Oh, that's not too shabby, goddammit. Yeah, finally. Yeah, that's uh, 25 for me. 13 for me. 19. Okay, uh, 19 and 25. You hear the sound of a harpsichord coming from somewhere upstairs. Very faint, as if somebody is just banging on a couple keys, playing a chord every now and again. Did it start... When we walked in, or did we just, did it kind of grow as the as we quieted? Yeah, you're not really sure if it was always playing. Ew, I'm so uncomfortable at this. Mm-hmm. And now that you focus on it, it seems to go away. Ugh, God, I hate that. Uh, and he, well, so far so good. 
and he begins to walk up the steps. And as he walks, again, it's that phenomenon where he doesn't so much walk as just sort of glides. Does he actually have legs? <laughs> he does. He's a tall boy. Yeah, big shit. Absolutely. So weird. He's a but, tall yep, boy. So he sort of, he glides up the stairs and you all follow. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I look at Arnadella after hearing that, because I know she heard that sound too, and then I just kind of shrug and keep moving forward. No need to mess with spirits if they aren't messing with us. Just yeah, yet. I agreed. Yeah, and as you turn, or as you ascend to the second floor, uh, you can see now that there is a wall off to your left that has a door in it, um, but this room itself on the top landing extends. So you see off to your right, there's like a cute kind of sitting area there. Um, So everything is these, they were really nice, like well-upholstered, great patterns, like sofas and chairs for people. Maybe this was a lounge area. Uh, You see that the walls are lined with books, Uh, And then in the corner of this room is a harpsichord that stands uh, right by the windows Mm. that are letting in the gray light. Uh, And then there is also a very elegant set of double doors on your right hand side across, like on the other side of the sitting area. I just want to look at the harpsichord. Mm -hmm. Just like stand around it. Beautiful. It is clearly expensive, expertly crafted. But again, like everything else, it's just... The paint is starting to peel off, and you can see that there are scuff marks, like, on the legs of it, so maybe it was moved around quite a bit. Um, You see that there are stacks of music that are lovingly sorted and then left, like, on this bench right beside this thing. And, yeah, Vlad's eyes drift over to the, the instrument and look around this room. And again, it's just that forlorn look of remembering... I want to just softly, like, bow to Vlad, um, but also, like, direct it to the harpsichord uh, and say, thank you for letting us in your home. Mm. It hasn't been my home for quite some time, but I did love it for a time. And he he shakes his head at the at the instrument and then moves over to uh, to the set of double doors. Uh, and he proceeds to open these, and you see that there is a very large room here now with, like, beautiful marble floors, so maybe it was a ballroom at some point. You see that there are sconces on the walls that are currently unlit, but there's all this gold, beautiful leaf work uh, surrounding this whole place. There's this painted scene of, like, people in the woods, uh, like, frolicking all over the walls. Uh, the ceiling is intricately carved. But in this room, there are a bunch of pieces of furniture that have been pushed against the walls, and they're all draped in white sheets. The other feature in this room, you can see in the northeast corner, there's a spiraling staircase that leads up. And then there is also a very, very large carved wardrobe uh, on the far side of the wall by where the steps are. It's huge. Um, It could, yeah. And it's got, like, gold leaf all over it and is, that again, that deep mahogany red color. That immediately, oh yeah, that immediately catches Kara's attention and she, like, just gravitates over towards it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah, as you look at it, it's just, it's stunning. It's an amazing piece of furniture. Um, And it looks like it could easily fit. I mean, imagine, like, two modern refrigerators side by side like that's oh man it's big yeah so she begins like fiddling with all of like the like 
like any like drawer handles or fastening and like begins just like opening drawers and like investigating like how it was crafted and how it's fit together because it's just like ah such a little beautiful piece of like furniture Mm -hmm. architecture yeah uh so as you go over there are you opening it opening it up i'm assuming if you're looking at drawers and stuff oh yes go ahead and make me a dexterity saving throw please oh boy oh is this for like a trap or a spell no (laughs) seven 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 so as you open up the wardrobe doors you are startled immediately by what you see inside there is a small child inside of this wardrobe she's maybe like six seven years old dressed in this very prim like kind of victorian ball gown what the hell and as you open up she she screams uh-huh and and stares at you and uh and and vlad is like jocelyn wait you know this chick yeah, this is my my sister. That doesn't make any sense. And as the little girl like looks out, she yeah, she screams, she recoils in fright, but then she kind of like looks at you and jumps down and is turns her attention to Vlad. It's like Vladimir? What are you doing here? And he he looks at her and then he looks at all of you and he's like something isn't something isn't right. She she can't be here. Wait, why not? Maybe she I... isn't, and then Saya like goes to pat her on the head. <laughs> Saya, go ahead and give me a investigation check. Nope, twelve. Uh, so as you touch her, the first thing you notice is how cold she is. Hmm. So very, very cold, and you don't notice the next thing that happens as just this red wave of ooze begins to melt like out from behind the wardrobe behind you just beginning to spew down and onto the floor and now you see that this thing has emerged and moved from the wardrobe you see that there are these slimy tendrils no! that are stuck in the girl's back connecting this thing to this giant writhing mass and as this all happens this thing begins to move up from the floor of its own accord and you can see twisting faces of skulls and bones trapped within the mass as as this thing attacks so go ahead and roll for initiative everybody this thing is fucking crazy no 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 i'm so bummed right now (laughs) 21 Celeste, I got a 17 for initiative. Oh, fuck. <laughs> My initiative was 15. Of course Vlad got a 25. Of course he did. <laughs> so ghost-like. Such a ghost. Oh, he's a perfect angel. That's what he is. Boom. Okay. Uh, so in this moment, Vlad is just paralyzed, looking at this thing that's his sister that's not that's what no idea so this little girl now still is still standing in the midst of this writhing mass of just gelatinous ooze that's up around her and you see this wave of again skeletons and faces encompassed in this thing and it's just connected to her with this this thread of slime uh so he's gonna be a little shook uh for his turn uh and then Kara, we're gonna go go to you immediately pull out my 
beautiful sword from the Lady of the Lake and begin hacking at this thing because fuck it. Yeah. Alright, so yeah, she's gonna go in and use her bonus action to rage because she hates how ugly this thing is. It's pretty ugly. That's a 15 to hit. A 15 is going to do it. Sweet! And then I'll just hacking, Hacking jello. Hacking and slashing. Alright, and then... Where, where are you hitting? Are you hitting the child or are you hitting the ooze? She would aim for the slimy tentacle that is connecting the child and the ooze. Ah, then you may not hit. Hang on. Ah. Ah. Okay. Alright, um, so as you hit the tentacle in between, your sword passes through and you see that the, the tendrils just move to shift in form, uh, so you can't cut through it, seemingly. Hmm. So it's like matter that just reverse and moves around your sword to keep that connection tight. Then for her second attack, she's going to aim for the actual ooze body. Okay. Fourteen. Oh, sorry, right, nineteen. Four- nineteen. <laughs> yes, a nineteen will hit. <laughs> All right, so that's one d eight, and then one d six cold damage. All right, so. Uh, four plus seven, so eleven. Anything else? Nope, that's it. Yep, yep, yep. All right, and then uh, moving on, Ar- Arnadel. Arnadel is. I don't know if you want me to roll like a perception check for this, but I'm definitely going to have watched Kara's attack. I'm like, yep, yeah. Don't go after the girl. Go over the big blob. I'm gonna go after the big blob. For sure. Hit that fucker with Eldritch Blast and add by Agonizing Blast. We're going to roll twice for both of those beans. You can try. So the first one is going to be a 19 to hit. Uh, yes, that will hit. Sick. I'm going to roll the second one and then I'll roll my damage. Um, And then that will be a 16 to hit. Okay, that will also hit. Fuck yeah. All right, I'll get that. Hell yeah. Sick, dude. God Sick, damn, dude. Sick, brah. Fuck. Eldrick Burn. Ew. Herbert <laughs> Gerd. Sorry. Oh, man. So that's going to be the first beam is going to hit with 13 damage. Okay. And the second beam is going to hit with seven points of damage. Ow. Sick nasty. Sick nasty butts. Uh, so are you going to move at all? I'm going to move away from it. I'm not, like, how far away am I? You're still pretty much on the other side of the ballroom from this thing, because really only Kara went over to investigate it, so it's just Kara and this thing, and then Vlad also kind of walked halfway into the middle of the room, so you're still a solid, like, 30 feet away from this thing yeah. on the far side of the ballroom. I want to stay, I want to keep it that way, because I certainly yeah, don't want to get close. I, I need 120 feet for Eldritch Blast, so I'm going to stay as oh. far away from that fucker as possible. <laughs> you fine. And then, Saye, it's up to you. Oh, here we go. <laughs> well, I guess we already saw Kara try and free the girl. I was going to say if my hand was still on her, I'd try to yank her out. But since she already failed, I'll start attacking the goddamn ooze. Okay. With, I'm going to try a key, no, sorry, excuse me, a stunning strike first. You're going to punch the jello. I'm going to punch it and try and freeze that jello. All right, you do it. 23 to hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, what is my... Ooh, honey, 
12 damage. Mm-hmm. Hey. He is stunned. He is stunned until the end of my next turn. Can, can it be stunned? Can it be stunned? I'm looking at it. I guess it can, which makes no sense. Hold it right there, Jello. Fine. Nope. <laughs> you stop it. All right. Yep. No, it's so it's there. And as you hit it with your quarterstaff, you hit it in such a way that like, it's like when you slap water, but right perfectly on the surface. So this ripple effect happens on both sides and it kind of like flattens out like a sheet for a moment. And you see it just reverberate with the impact that travels all along its ooze body. <laughs> now, my turn ain't done yet, though, because now I'm going to spend another key point to flurry of blows and just punch the hell out of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. So that's a D6. Should I roll? It's frozen. Should I roll to hit it? <laughs> you still have to roll to hit it, yes. Okay. I believe uh, you get an advantage to hit it, though. Okay, good. Oh, oh my god. Oh, no. I rolled a three, and then I rolled a natural one. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you might you might still hit it if you add. Its AC is pretty low, because it's also, again, ooze, pile, pile of jello. Twelve. Okay, that won't do it. Okay. But but I get to do it again, so that was you the can first do it attack. Again. And that time was an 18. Yes, yes. And that's uh, nine damage. Oof. And then finally I have an extra attack, so I'm going to kick it again. (laughs) All right. Kick it when it's down. That's 14. Yeah, 14 will hit. And that's another nine damage. You guys, you've almost killed it. (laughs) Really? (laughs) That's awesome. Um, Okay, because it's turn, it is stunned now, so it just misses its turn. Yeah. Until the end of my next turn. <sighs> Damn. Right, uh, as this as this is happening, so the creature is now just reverberating again from your stunning strike. So it's it's not doing much of anything. As but you do see that more and more of this red ooze is spilling out of the wardrobe, almost like it, the back is really really deep. So this is a huge amount of just filth coming out of this wardrobe to fill this creature and make it bigger and bigger. And you see that the little girl has not broken her gaze on Vlad at all, and her mouth hangs open in what looks like a silent scream. Does it jiggle with pain? (laughs) No. It's her, the little girl, she doesn't jiggle. No, I know, referencing one of your... What was the creature you had us battle and it jiggled with pain? I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, and then uh, Vlad is going to come over, and he's going to hold out a hand to one side, and in his hand, like from the very shadows themselves, a sword appears. What the fuck? Just made out of made out of darkness. He's and he goes and strides over towards what? this thing and brings down this huge two-handed sword in a blow against this creature. Kara is shocked. She is, has no words. Her mouth is agape. I'm so excited. Super impressed. Yeah, Arnadel's like, yeah! Basically what I just did, except inside. Okay, and he goes down so he gets two swings. That's so sick. Ow, okay. And he, each of his blows just like halves this thing and splatters a ton of its body mass apart as he is just cutting through this thing, viciously destroying it. And again, that strength you've seen before is just like, you see it now in full swing as he brings down these this blade expertly upon this creature. Uh, it's still alive, technically, and we're at Kara. 
Oh boy. Kara is, yeah, it's just absolutely shocked to see Vlad swing a sword. And it's kind of scary. Yeah, she's just like, her mind's blown, and she, but she's going to keep hacking away with it. Yep. Go for it. Ugh, 12. Okay. Yep. Uh, no, no. 12 will not do it, unfortunately. All right, the second one. Oh, pff, natural one. All right. Definitely not. Bonus attack. Jesus. <laughs> oh my god, another two. I'm. I just, I just... Sage is cursed. It's all Hollow's Eve. We're, oh, no. Oh, no. What I'm... happened to your dice? The I don't know. possessed your dice. There's a poltergeist inside your D20. Seriously, I gotta... Oh, man, I gotta cleanse this thing later. All right, so you miss a whole bunch. And then, <laughs> and then Arnadel moving to you. Uh, I'm Yeah, Eldritch Blast. Like, why would I do anything else right now? That's the move. It's the one. It's the one and only. Until it's what I, go- I do. It's what I do. The first one's going to be a 21 to hit. Yeah. And the second one is going to be a 14 to hit. How you, how you, how you want to kill it. I oh, mean, you yeah. got, I got to roll my dice first. I mean, is it at like one oh. HP? Three. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's uh the first one's gonna be an eleven and the second one's gonna be a Tell ten. Tell me, girl, girl, how you wanna kill it. Arnold put very quickly puts together like the fucked upness of what just happened between Vlad and then clearly his little sister, who's clearly probably dead. His not sister. <sighs> yeah, and this thing <laughs> tried to fuck with them by being like, Here's your sister. What a fucking asswipe. So she's gonna um Get all, like, super aggro and, like, all electrified and shit. And, like, just fills the room. Yeah, and as you send that bolt, uh, you see, again, this thing that has been stunned and then also slashed a, a ton with the shadow sword. Yeah, and then now you you just, it, it bursts. Ew. It absolutely just explodes. So this Ugh. red ooze just goes everywhere. And you see as this mass explodes and goes about the room... The girl begins to shake and then lose substance as you see her color drains away and she also turns to the red ooze and just splashes like a puddle onto the floor. So yeah. gross. And as she falls, you hear the sound of something metal hitting the floor. What is it? If you look uh, at the remains, like, in all this now, this red liquid that's starting to burn away as this creature has passed, you see that there is a small silver key. Mm. Yoink! Yeah, I grab it. And uh, Vlad is just looking. He the the sword dissipates from his hand, and his arm goes back to his side. What the shit was that, Vlad? That was awesome. Arnold looks at him and is like, "Hey!" <laughs> and he's he's staring at the puddle of ooze, red ooze on the ground, and he's like, "I can't believe he would use her." Oh. To get to me. Who? Your dad seems like a real dick. Is that your- wow. If there was one thing we ever had in common, it was loving her. Wow, then that's pretty extra fucked up for him to do that. It's like a pretty intense- yeah, clearly. That's an intensely low blow. And he- yeah, he just breathes again and let's just move on. Perhaps this opens what we seek. Do you recognize this key? No. And I'm assuming it leads to something up there. 
That's a new staircase. Who knows how much this house has changed or not. Yeah. He Mm. glides behind you. Uh, And as you reach the top of these stairs, it's clear that when you were looking at the house, there was this circular, almost not, not like an old school tower, but just a round addition that was built on top of the house. Uh, So this clearly leads up to that level there. And as you see it, so you're standing in a circular room, again, covered with wood paneling. You see that there is a set of double doors on one side of the room, and that's it in terms of furniture. But you see that there is a message that has been left on the walls that seems to have been written in blood. Oh. And Ooh. it says... Have you ever, have you, anybody ever tried to do that? What? Write in blood? <laughs> On a wall? Have you tried to do that? <laughs> and then on the paper. And it's tedious as fuck, and you need a lot of it. <laughs> you need a great deal, of, and a great deal of blood went into writing for this. For a wall. It's big, big and plain for all to see, and it says, Beyond lies doom, my traitorous son. Wow, I wow. hate his dad. His dad's a fucking piece of shit. Yeah, and Vlad just looks at the message and turns away towards the set of doors. Uh, and you see that in the set of doors are three keyholes. Dear of course. Dad, get fucked, is what. Dear Dad, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> <sighs> I want to use right. a quick detect magic. I mean, I just, just in case. Yep. Uh, yep. So as you look at the locks, there is clearly magic imbued on all of these locks. So you think you're going to have a really hard time getting through these without the appropriate keys. And you see that the key also that you have glows towards one of the locks. Towards this is clearly one of the locks. So the, the magic resonates on one of the locks with this key, but it does not for the other two. Oh, great. But I can see which so lock it goes to. So basically the key you have goes to one so I'm gonna of the locks, hold it up. I'm gonna like um, but you're going to need two key. other keys for the other two locks. I'm going to stick it in. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to turn it. I'm just mm-hmm. sticking it in and I'm going to be like, hey, this so, one yeah, goes, it goes right to the here. center lock. And it very clearly turns. Cool. Let's, shall we leave it and then go oh, okay. find the others? Super does. Oh. Should we? Just because I'm smart doesn't mean I have good ideas. We should not leave I it. would not feel comfortable with that. <laughs> Back to you. (laughs) (laughs) Kara takes the key. (laughs) I would not be surprised if my father gave the other two keys to two more guardians. God, what if that thing in the courtyard's your sister? Maybe we do have to kill that thing at the courtyard then. Did you say that? (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, probably. She probably said it out loud in a moment of not really thinking about it. She's just like, oh, man. And then you guys all react and she's like, sorry, I thought I thought that. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Vlad, the the only reaction that comes from Vlad when you say this is you hear the popping of knuckles. Like as his fist by his side has been clenched so fucking tight that he's not mad at me, is he? No, he and he, there's nothing on his face. There's nothing. I'm just stunned by all of this. Looking at both, I just feel terrible. She feels terrible. Uh, yeah, Arden's gonna shut the fuck up for the rest of the episode. Yeah, 
shall we move along? I am running down those steps. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, so it's sort of up to you guys. Uh, at this point, you know as much as Vlad about the layout, so if you guys want to take over, where where do you think we should go next? Left. So yeah, so right now, um, basically you have to walk down from the tower back into the ballroom. Um, that's the only access point to up above. So when you get back into the ballroom, you walk out through there. Again, you're at the top of the stairs. You see that there was that set of doors on the far side of the room, or you can go back down the stairs. Well, steps on the far side? Yeah. Uh, so the, the door on the far side? Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. So uh, as you make your way over there, um, you open this up, and you see that there's another smaller parlor so again, very similar to the other one. So it's got chairs, it's got like one of those fainting couches, uh, a desk set up here, uh, and it's got two doors. I rifle through the desk. All right, go ahead and make me an investigation check. Fifteen. Yeah, so you, you start rifling through. You find more like sheet music. You find some blank paper. There's quills. There's everything you might need to write something but it looks like anything personal personal documents have been removed mm, okay. also in this room you do see that there is a fireplace on one side of the wall and there is a big portrait above it uh there are three people in the portrait there is a a very very tall gaunt man who looks similar to vlad but not him um dressed in a very very well tailored like ensemble uh and then you see a, a grim child who maybe is about like 14 13 but it's hard for you to tell because the face has been scratched out like somebody took a dagger to the face and removed it and then you see that there's a small girl who's about like six years old um in a pretty white dress that's posed in the photo all right then i see the painting (laughs) i want to (laughs) look behind it can i like lift the painting off the wall Sure, you have to stand on your tippy toes to get up there, but <laughs> yeah, uh, you can. And the frame itself is one of those massive, heavy, like gilded gold Golded frames, leaves. So yeah, this fucking thing weighs like two hundred pounds. She, go- hey, Saye, help me! I want to try and look behind this and make sure there's nothing weird going. Like oh. maybe people uh, looking yeah, okay. through eye holes, or you know what? Ah, uh, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, so between the two of you, you manage to get this painting down off the wall, and all you see is the stain of where light hasn't touched the wall in a very long time. Well, well, yeah, and well. at this point, too, Vlad has wandered off and opened one of the doors, uh, and you can see he's poking his head into what looks like a, a large master bedroom. So it's got a canopy bed, um, nice furniture. Again, bed bed is made, but everything still has that kind of run-down feel to it mm-hmm. and so he just comes back out and closes the door and repeats it for the other one which is a smaller bedroom maybe looks like a guest room doesn't have a lot of personal definition um Vlad do you think if he was willing to use your sister to get to you like that before he probably did it again somewhere else in this house is there something significant to her that he might have hid another key? I'm... I don't think so. She wasn't with us here for very long. It's startling to have seen that. And maybe since it was the closest 
to his sanctum. That was the worst of it, I pray. Mm. There is uh, a basement level to this house. Perhaps he keeps something nefarious there. Oh, they always got weird shit in basements. Mm. So I was thinking about the last time she was in a basement. (laughs) It it was also terrible. Oh, God. I'm not excited about this. Let's get this out of the way. Dude, yeah, you were like, exercise in the basement. It's old, like, was exercise in the basement. We fought that monster in the basement. It's I just, really like basements. Basements are enough. bad news. All right, so you're going to head your way downstairs? Yeah. Uh, do you want to go directly to the basement? Is there something on the way there? Something else on the way there? Yeah, so once you get back onto the first floor, you come down the stairs, and then uh, there were three ways to go. You could take the glass doors into the backyard where the fountain was, or you could turn left, or you could turn right. Um, if the turning left and turning right are just, are they rooms, or are they, like, hallways? Uh, you haven't opened the doors. Well, let's, uh, let's quickly peep into there, just so we can not come this way again at all. So, on the left side, you see what looks like a grand dining room, um... There, and you can see that there are doors that lead off, presumably, to the kitchens and everything beyond there, and Vlad lets you know that's the way down to the basement. Or, uh, the other way, it opens up into what looks like a large study library space, so the very, very tall bookshelves that extend to the ceiling and everything around there. Um, and then you see that there are doors that lead off that way as well. Hey, Arnadel, you wanna use your magic eyeballs to look into the study and see what you see? Yeah. Uh, so looking around the study again, not a lot of magic going on. Like maybe all magical items have been removed from here. You can see that the door on the far side of the study, wherever that leads, there's a shitload of magic in that room. There's a shitload of magic over in that room. Yeah. <laughs> Tons. Tons. <laughs> Seems like a good place to start. All right, go ahead. Okay, so you step through the study and into that far room, and as you open up this door, you come into a large room that's mostly empty in the center. Imagine, like, if you're walking around a museum, the walls are covered in these big, big portraits of individuals. So these oil painted, again, with these really heavy frames just hanging all around the walls, and you see that there are two of glass panels in the center of the room that seem to be containing objects within them. You can tell that there's something super magical in one of the compartments, and that all of the portraits on the walls are also magical. Uh, do we see the key, or any key-looking thing in the, the glass compartments? Oh, uh, I don't like Are you gonna this. step into the room to examine them? No. No. Arnadel's like, no, 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 wait a second. Wait! Kara, yeah. There's a this whole room is full of magic. I know how much. Well, what kind of magic? It. Bad magic? Can you tell? Uh, blue <laughs> enchantment. It's all enchantment. <laughs> I definitely try to keep Car. I mean, I obviously I'm not going to try super hard to keep Car from doing anything, but like I definitely make a valiant <laughs> attempt. Sai and Kara, as you step into the room, can you roll initiative for me, please? I'm not stepping in the fucking room. I'm going to wait and see what happens. <laughs> here. You don't have to roll. Just Kara and Saye. Twelve. Meanwhile, Vlad's hanging out next to me, and we're just like, Ugh, nope. Twelve? Uh, Kara? Six. Okay. No, I don't want to go first. <laughs> oh, don't worry, you don't. 
as you step into the room and you make your way towards the center so you can see like glass panels, uh, what, what's going on there, you make it about halfway across the room before you begin to hear a tearing sound, like something is tearing out of the walls, or rather off of the walls, as you see one of the portraits on the far side of the room just unhinges itself, like pulls itself free, seemingly of its own accord, as the portrait separates from the wall and begins to hover Mm -hmm. in midair, slowly kind of spinning as it's getting its, like, gravity, (laughs) right? And then it turns to the far edge and comes flying at you with one of these pointed, gilded corners intent on slamming into you. The piece of canvas? The whole thing. The whole portrait. Oh. The whole frame and portrait. The frame. You got a frame flying at you. All right. I'm going to assume a 15 doesn't hit you. No. Damn. So this portrait flies right by you as in it's clearly and it, it kind of stops after it misses you and it writes itself again. What the fuck Coming is back this around shit? to try and smack you one more time. And as this is happening, you begin to hear tearing of four more portraits in the room as you see the walls now and these just the all these grim grizzly ancestral portraits are now in full swing trying to kill you so uh is a 19 going to hit yeah. you all right so one of these things comes from behind and you're kind of stunned looking at the other one so you are totally surprised when this one slams into you for 16 bludgeoning damage jesus i guess they're pretty big huh they're huge. Again, they weigh about 200 what pounds, the these huge F? gilded frames. Imagine being slammed with one of those guys. Okay, and then uh, 14's not going to hit you. And Kara, as you step into the room, two of these are coming at you as well. All right, 16, not going to hit. Nine, not going to hit. Damn. All right, so now there are five flying portraits in the room that you are currently doing battle with. Saye, it's your turn. I still want to try to look inside the glass cases first. Uh, That's all I'm focused on right now. Yeah, go ahead and make an investigation check. Please. Uh, That's uh, modified 20. Okay, yeah. And so as you're looking at these artifacts, you see that there is something, it seems to be like a small obsidian ball of some kind, like a large marble is sitting in a pedestal, uh, in the center of all of these artifacts, like clearly the most important artifact that does catch your attention. Um, other than that, it just seems to be other like baubles or like, oh, this is a fancy knife or like, oh, look at this candlestick. Like they're, maybe they're like family heirlooms that have been seated in here. That black orb is the only thing that really catches your attention. Hmm. I don't think we need that. Can I do a perception check? It's not your turn. You're not an initiative. I want to try to help Saya. <laughs> you can tell that there is something Arnadel in the case that it's shining very brightly with blue. And, and I, but I, the que- the reason I wanted to roll it was to see if I noticed Saya like, like looking at it, so I could ad- awakened mind her and be like, "Yo, that thing's magical as fuck. Grab it." I just say, "There's, there's no key here. It's just, it's just a black ball. Grab it." Well, maybe I don't know. Is there anything telling me? <laughs> Is it evil magic? I think I want to get out. I didn't see a key. Let's get out. All right. Well, the key was inside of a creature the last time. I don't say that to you, but... True, but I was looking for a key. Okay, so you're taking your turn just to look around. Anything else you want to do with your turn? 
I guess I want to try to set one of the paintings on fire that's that's hanging around in the air. I would love to see that. Yeah. Go yeah. for it. I mean, it's it's just uh, my elemental attunement. I can start a small fire, so I just shooting mm-hmm. for the canvas. Okay, sure. So yeah, you reach out your hand and just try to catch flame, and you do it like right on the canvas yeah. side, so the most vulnerable piece of it. And you do see like smoke begins to trail up, but it it kind of dies away as it has to bite through the oil and the paint and like the veneer that's already on it. So you think you're going to need something a little bit more substantial if you're going to try and catch these babies on fire. Uh, All right. And then Kara, it is you. You are being attacked by two paintings and three portraits are swirling around Saya in the center of the room as you see Saya furiously trying to look through this glass case. Excellent. So, all right. She is going to attack them and she's going to use a sweeping attack using one of her maneuvers. A maneuver, you say? A maneuver. Ah, excellent. That will be a 28. Yes. And then, so I will expend one of my superiority die to damage another creature that's also within five feet. Of that Ooh, creature. Yeah, so you can hit both paintings that are attacking you. Sweet. Alright, so that one that's getting swept is going to take five damage. What kind of damage? Slashing? Yes. Magical slashing damage. And then with my original, the full brunt of my swing, it will take uh, six, six slashing and one cold. Okay. Ah, you are hacking up this painting, but it's still flying. I will go for my second attack. Ah, yes, another 28. These paintings don't have a lot of armor on, so they're pretty easy to hit. Ooh, that's going to be quite a bit. Ah, uh, yeah. How you want to destroy this painting? Total. Oh yeah. So she goes in her first swing and just like, f- like fully, almost spins around, whole way through with her first swing, and then her second swing, just after she swings up, brings her sword up over her head and slashes like straight through, and you just see the frame just like cook, cook, cook. And break and bend. She's just in the ripping of canvas. Oh, yeah. It's loud, too, because you cut through the wood, you cut through the frame itself, and this thing just clatters with a loud sound as it just loses all animation once it's cut in half. Uh, And Saya, since you're standing there, you see the black orb flash briefly as this happens. Hmm. Okay. What next, Kara? Um, that, that will be it for me. Sweet. Uh, all right. And then Arnadel, is there anything you wanted to do from outside of this room? You're just standing there like, you idiots. Guys. <laughs> I told you. I don't know. I want to help for sure. But also they're like, you guys look like you're doing fine. So I'm just, I, I'll just be like, I'll step in if things get dire, but right, let's go. Can we finish this up, please? Yeah, Thank you. Are you done? <laughs> Guys. Uh, okay. Um, Vlad standing beside you. 
is going to run into the room. No, I feel like an asshole. Okay. Uh, and you see one of his fists is going to glow with, uh, you might call it an eldritch light, as he goes and flares off at one of these, and it explodes. Uh, so he sends out, yeah, these two quick eldritch bolts as they go and fly from his hands and catch one of the paintings that's attacking Saye, and it just explodes. Absolutely shatters into pieces uh, as this happens. So, actually, Saye, go ahead and make a dexterity save. See if you're hit by a shrapnel. Yeah. Uh, 23. Uh, so you manage to, like, block yourself just in time as this painting explodes. And you see the black orb flashes one more time. Alright, and then it's my portraits. Okay, so Saye, you still have two on you. 19 gonna hit? Yeah. Okay, that's going to be 12 damage as one of them slams into you again. Then the other one misses. Kara, the only one attacking you gets a natural one, and then there are two left who uh, were camping on Saye. Okay, and then Saye, it's up to you. Okay, well, uh-huh. I'm just going to put two and two together, and since the thing is flashing, I want to smash the case, grab the ball, mm-hmm. and sm- Throw it, throw it on the ground! And put it on the ground! And <gasps> as you smash this ball on the ground and it hits the stone floor, all of the paintings suddenly just hold frigid for a moment and then clatter to the floor immediately from wherever they were. Uh, and you hear, again, a sound of metal as the orb splits into two pieces and inside was a key. Welp... There it is. She picks it up and is like dusting the chips of wood off her shoulders like, all right, the basement. (laughs) I take this opportunity to slash through the rest of the paintings in case they be, for whatever reason, try and become animated again. (laughs) Yeah. And one, one of the paintings you see, Vlad is moving over to one of the fallen ones and he kind of flips it up. And again, this painting... It looks a lot like Vlad, maybe, but the face has been carved away again. Just like somebody took a dagger and was like, just marked it out. Your dad is a real charming individual, wasn't he? You have no idea. You've made it this far through the haunted house, so here is a mid-roll break to catch your breath before we jump back in. We are exactly one month from the first episode of Arc 3. We've got a lot of big plans for the arc, and we need your help to make to keep that support ball rolling to make it happen. Leave us ratings and reviews, tell your friends about us, follow us on social media, and maybe even consider signing up for our Patreon. If you join now at the 5 or $10 level, you'll make the list for our winter solstice packages, which will be filled with all kinds of extra fun sparkly magic. Also, for any of you heading to PAX Unplugged 2018, I'm going to be there. So find me on the gaming floor and I will absolutely give you some sweet, sweet Venture Maiden swag. Mark your calendars as well to see the whole crew at PodCon in Seattle. We would love to say hello to all those venturers out there in the wild. All right, enough from me. I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Nassim to tell you about our sponsors this week, and then we'll jump right back into the spook zone. Legion of Renob is a weekly comedy D&D podcast with a focus on making each other laugh more than pushing an epic story. 
though there's a fantastical journey going on between the goofs. Join lifelong friends Clark, Tony, Winston, Bobby, and Chris as they explore the continent of Renob, running into kobolds, medusas, and the occasional deity. Their adventure includes Murdar. Not murder, but it sure does sound like it. Murdar, an elven eldritch knight who was one of the last nighty knights in existence. Adhering to a creed perhaps long lost, Murdar seeks the destruction of corrupt tyrants everywhere, by any means necessary. Standing well above most foes and clad in a mask echoing the intimidating maw of the Tarask, Murdar is an intimidating force on the battlefield wielding both magic and vicious steel. This show isn't for all ages, but if you're an adult who likes role-playing, pirates, ninjas, samurai, magic, anamorphs, tangents, weirdos, treasure, and cat people, then The Legion of Renob is for you. It's available every Tuesday wherever podcasts can be found or at legionofrenob.com. So you make your way out of the gallery uh, and walk back through the study leading again into that main foyer where the stairs leading upward and you go through the last door that you haven't been through uh, and through that dining room and to the door on the far side. And you open up onto, yeah, it's it's a kitchen. It's was probably a great banquet kitchen at some point. It's got those long countertops and just lots of space storage. This was probably where, you know, five to ten servants could prepare, like, huge meals here at some point. Uh, You see that there are two doors uh, leading off on the right side, and then there's one door leading off on the left side. Again, it looks like nothing has been prepared here in a very long time. As you step through the door, a stink though does come to your nose like the scent of something rotten coming from the far side of the room like very very powerfully you can it's one of those smells that you can taste oh those are the worst oh my god like dead animal rotten or like food yeah like rotten meat food gross all kinds bad mold mold lots of mold I'm not sure if we should go investigate or if we should just keep going. Because this is powerful. This is a powerful stench. This house hasn't been taken care of. I I don't think we need to investigate. We can guess what that Mm. is. The past, the basement is through the larder on the far side of the room. And he points at that door. Okay. Okay. And as you as you walk through the kitchen, you can definitely tell that the stink is coming through. There's, um, it looks like like the subterranean basements they have on the side of the house where they have the doors that you lift out and we walk down the stairs. There is one of those hatches on the far side of the room, and the stench is definitely coming from whatever the fuck is down there. Right. Okay. Oh, fun. All right. Woo. Yeah. And so you go ahead and you open up the, the storage door on the far side and you open into the larder. Um, the smell of just 
normal rot is here. Uh, it, it was bad coming from down below, uh, but this is just like lots of jars and sacks of like grain that haven't been touched or used. Everything has gone bad here, so lots of shelving. You do see that it it you feel it's a little bit colder in this room. The walls are made of stone. There are hooks that hang from the ceiling where meat probably hung. Uh, there isn't any there now. Uh, and you see that there is a set of stairs that goes downward. I, well, first before we descend, Kara would mm. like to get all up on this stone wall and try and get a sense yeah. for how fucking old is this yeah. building? Because she's like... Go ahead and lick that stone. Uh, also, because when she was loving up on the stone inside of the sisters and she felt it was like this weird alien stone that she mm -hmm. had never touched before and she's like i don't know it's misty here too maybe we're in the same place maybe it's more weird alien stone hey that's pretty good that's 15 that stone definitely gives you the same general vibe as the stones of when you're in that fortress in the fucking shadow fell but this this stone feels, it feels like newer. It's not alien. It's like something you could relate to once, but like the very stones themselves have been infused with misery and darkness and anger and bloodshed that it's warped even the nature of the stone to something that you can't quite recognize anymore. That's awful. Carl shudders and like immediately is just like, uh, 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 anyway, let's just keep moving. This place is giving me the willies. It's bad juju stone. Alright, do you want to head down the staircase? Ooh, yes. Is it dark? It is dark. We should light a torch. <clears throat> I mean. For the human one. For oh, the human. Yeah. I'm like, Arnold's like, what? I can see fine. Oh, Vlad's like, oh yeah. I light my I light my own little torch with my flames. Get that drift globe going. Uh, yep. And as you walk down the stairs, that same stench begins to fill your nose, and you are clearly walking down into the source of this. And as you hit the bottom step of this place, and you sharply turn that corner, it's so much to the point like the smell is just it's starting to give you a headache. Like it's it's everywhere you can't you can't get rid of it it's just so much rot and everything and in you turn this corner around and you see that the basement has it's basically just a carved out space with like tamped earth floors um the walls are stone themselves but everything has been cleared out except for what looks like a pool in the center of the room like this large rectangular pool and you can see that growing out of this viscous red green substance that fills it you can't tell if it's water or if it's solid or earth you see that there are all of these different mushrooms that have sprouted out of the bottom of it so some stand like tall and are bright bright red uh, other ones have like these black crawling mushrooms and these sort of vines have moved out of this thing so this whole pit is just this absolute cesspool of nature and rot and like moss uh go ahead and make perception checks for me too as you take a closer look here 
This is like some saw shit. Yeah, Kara's just like, something tells me our last key is in the bottom of that shit. Yeah, so with your 15s, as you look at this just strange thing, you can absolutely tell that there are skeletons that are poked poking out of this thing that have grown up like bodies that are half being eaten by mushrooms like mushrooms are growing out of these bodies or vines are infested with things in various corpses in various stages of decomposition in arcana this check mm-hmm. 19 wait give me your quarter staff i want to poke it <laughs> so with the with the 19 uh yeah you God, you're not even sure if this has some kind of arcane purpose or what, but this is clearly, like, the perfect breeding ground for something that feeds on rot and disgust. Like, even if there were corpses just thrown down here, this is a perfect magical melting pot for some kinds of creatures that would find this extremely comfortable. So before Saya, or before Kara goes to poke it with the stick, I'm gonna, like, grab the stick and be like... Do you remember what happened last time? Do you remember what the last room? Listen. Linda, listen. Uh, Kara, listen. What? Who is Linda? <laughs> Don't touch this shit. It wants to eat you. Everything wants to eat me. I'm a tiny, delectable little dwarf. Like, You're an I am, I, you know. <laughs> Honey, I'm a snack. I am a snack to the world. Oh, man. Uh, I think... <laughs> I'm a tasty treat. What do you want? Oh, girl, you a snack. (laughs) (laughs) Are you an after-dinner snack? I like to think of myself as an appetite. (laughs) Oh, before dinner. Oh, I see. Um, (laughs) Don't touch the fucking liquid. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I look at Vlad and I'm like, what? Do you have any ideas, bud? He's looking at this and... Well, we've come to the corpse disposal system, I suppose. Whatever lives in there probably has the key. Hey, Kari, you you seem to know a lot about nature shit. What do you think? I just know it's magical. I'll make a nature check. Did you use your magic eyes to look at it? I did. It's magic. There's magic at the bottom of it. I got an unnatural 20 for nature. Kara, you are familiar with, I mean, there's a lot of mushrooms here, and back way back when, in the worlds you used to live in, there were creatures called myconoids, which were mushroom people um, that would just absolutely love a situation like this, like these perfect, dark, damp environments they used to live in the caverns around your tribes. Um, that's what this instantly kind of just brings to mind when you start thinking about it. Oh, yeah, so, you know, living under a mountain, you know, mushrooms and, like, fungus and shit can grow everywhere, and there are actually these mushroom people, and this looks like them. People? Yeah. They, you know, they're, like, living the truth, eating fungus stuff. Yeah. I don't want to fucking deal with mushroom people. Mushrooms mean spores, and you don't want to breed that shit in. They're called myconids. guys. Here's a thought. Let's tear some strips of fabric off and tie them around our faces so we don't fucking breathe any of this shit in. Wait, 
can you, like, use your mind power to talk to them and maybe they can just, like... Give it to us? Give us the key if there's one in there. Because they don't got to understand you, right? I mean, are they mean? I mean, just... I don't know. Not really. A race? A race like any other that has their own motivations? What if we give them a peace offering, like some rotten meat, for them to grow upon, and say, yo, you look real cozy in this little pool of- Do you got some rotten meat? Well, the- Yeah, I am fresh out. Let me tell you. No, the cellar upstairs has- Like, we just passed a cellar with, like, putrid ingredients. It, It did not have any meat left in it. Well, I mean, like, they want any, like, mold grows on anything, right? Like, it'll grow on fruit or cheese or, I don't know. Like, it grows on literally anything. Yes, I picked up this brie yesterday before we left. Let me give it to them. Wheat. several months old. Oh, yes. Um, Have this fine wedge. (laughs) All right, I'm overthinking it. So I'm going to reach out with Awakened Mind and be like, hey, mushroom people. How you doing? For Awakened Mind to work... Does your target have to speak a language? No, it doesn't. Okay. It doesn't have to speak any language, but it'll understand me. That's bananas. Dude, warlocks are the shit. Yeah, uh, okay. So you reach out and you very clearly sense that there are minds present in this this pool. And as you reach out, and what are you saying again? What up, mushroom people? Okay. So, and as, so as Arnadel is silently staring at this pool, you begin to see the very, whatever, again, this viscous, it's not quite solid, not quite liquid material starts to move away from the center of this thing. And at the very top point of this was like a very large, bright red mushroom cap. And you begin to see that the, the soil shakes away from this thing and a figure stands up and you can see now that this cap was the head of this creature now that you see so this whitish green thick stalk that has these two eyes that are just present in it and also like this combey like this whole mouth it doesn't have a mouth or anything to speak of but you see it brings up like one of its arms and it ends in like one of those fanned out mushroom caps and it's just, so it climbs out, so its two arms are out of this pile, and it turns to look at you. Oh yeah, I looked it up. It need only understand <laughs> oh. a language. That's right, I don't have to share a language, it just has, sorry, I misunder- misinterpreted that. Ah. It doesn't understand any languages. It doesn't speak. But I'll say that one, it, something you did worked, and you, you've got its attention. But it doesn't understand what you're saying. Oh. Oh, I have diseased animal samples. Mm -hmm. I do. That shit's got to be moldy as fuck. Oh, my my God. That's so funny. Oh, you do from like episode one. Ew, girl, you need to clean out your bag of holding. Ooh, (laughs) when you find what's at the bottom of that bag of holding. Ooh. So she pulls that out and uh, I'm going to uncork it and like very delicately hand it to mm-hmm. the little mushroom dude and like just be like this mu- little mushroom dude is about three times your size yeah i'm gonna in a, a whatever i don't know whatever the universal body Whoa. language of i come in peace is she's gonna hand that over and be mm-hmm. like here's some diseased animal samples taken from five months ago mm-hmm. 
and the creature will reach out and one of its hands is clearly just like a, a a mushroom it can't hold anything but the other one sort of has these spindly appendages uh. that resemble fingers and it reaches out and takes this in its giant like two curling vine things and it brings it well it brings it to its face and it doesn't have a visible nose that you can see so you're not sure what's happening um but you see that the cap kind of starts to shift <laughs> like back and forth how cute as it smells it and it it uh takes it and then just upends it so like dumping like this sample onto itself oh it loves it it's like when dogs smell something like like then they rub their little bodies on it oh they love it. it's like can i have it so i'm gonna be like i'm gonna be like car can you hand me the key yeah give me the key so I hold it up and I point at it and then I point like into the thing and I'm like, can I have it? The key? Let's see if it understands what you're doing. Oh yeah, here you go. Can I have it? Can uh, I have it? This is a very smart My little croissant. <laughs> so it's, it's mushroom cap begins, it pauses for a moment as you hold up the shiny thing <laughs> and then it shakes again. Uh-huh. And you see that on the far side of the pool, this little black tentacle just, like, writhes out of it, just kind of crawls out like like a snake of some kind. And then it's wrapped around something, and it just, like, extends itself like a whip out towards you, and you hear this little, this clanging sound as another silver key is thrown at your feet. Oh, sick! I'm gonna bow deeply. Mm-hmm. And the thing, yeah, it just, it starts to, like, shake, and then it settles itself back down in, which causes this big ripple effect, like, in the pool surrounding it. So a bunch of this horrible-smelling filth just, like, lunges over the side of this thing, pouring, like, onto the floor your boots as you see a few skeletons (laughs) that are, you know, just infested with mold spill out in front of you. And... That was awesome! uh, That was... Still managed to have a cute moment in our Halloween special. <laughs> right? With a fucking j- terrifying mushroom creature that's three size the time. Three size. Th- three times your size. Three times the size, thank you, of, of any of us. So you have three keys. Sick. And a mushroom friend. I'm super excited about that. We're building the army. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, are you gonna get out of Dodge? It does smell so bad down here. Yeah, it's probably in our clothes and our hair. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, let's go. Let's go. (laughs) Seriously. So, you make your way back upstairs, uh, towards the ballroom where you had the stairs going up. And the minute you hit the stairs on the second story, you begin to hear a dragging sound coming from immediately above you. Like, imagine somebody just long nails just scratching against the floor coming from above. And you hear it, it's it's <sighs> rhythmic, like, coming from what would be the attic space above you. Great. Yeah, I just feel mm-hmm. that on my back. And it just shakes the roof itself as this happens. <sighs> Keep going to the doors. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. All right. I think we're ready to charge whatever the fuck this is because we're angry on Vlad's behalf. This has not been great. (laughs) So you get to the set of doors and who's turning these keys? Shall we all do one? Yeah. 
I'm going to use detect magic to, all right, this one goes here, this one goes here, and this one goes here. All right. And as you go for it, and you turn the keys, Vlad has summoned again this sword to his side as the door pushes open. And the first thing that greets you is darkness. As you see, this this room before you is longer than it is wide. Uh, and you can see that the ceiling slants on one side of it, so it comes to a high point, like like the attic is just, it's built into the roof itself. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff in this room immediately. You can see there's a ton of furniture that's been crammed into this room. Uh, and as your eyes sort of adjust, uh, there are like two windows that are allowing this gray filtering light to come into the room. You see that there are everything from bookshelves and desks to this room to these long tables into the center of the room that have these iron straps on them, almost like medical tables. Uh, you can see that there are rows of these counters that have different vials uh, with different colors, objects floating in them. Again, there's this, this very pungent smell in this room. Uh, like, you're not even sure what it is like walking into an apothecary again so a lot is being mixed in here uh you can see on the far side of the room there appear to be large cages uh cages big enough to hold humans uh and then directly in the center of the room what you see is this carved circle in the floor it's not so much carved as you look at it as you see there's metal that's been inlaid into the ground uh and there are all these runes inscribed all around the circle so it's very arcane very strange looking uh room arcana check sure or do you even want me to roll that to know if this is like a ritual uh yeah that looks like a ritual circle in the center of the room um for summoning stuff probably demons you're getting the vibe demons maybe maybe devils I just, I mean, you guys probably know this too, but I'm like, looks like they're trying to summon some demons. Yeah. Uh, oh boy, demons. Um, are there, are there any creatures in any of the cages? No. One of the cages has a pile of white gleaming bones inside of it, but the other is empty. Mm, interesting. I guess like I could do an arcana check to see if there's like any telling information about this. Like, did they already summon it? Is it? Did it get interrupted? Did it sure pop off yeah. the right way? Go ahead and make an arcana check for me. 24. Honestly, as you look about this room, you're impressed by just the amount of different things that happen here. So clearly this person was dealing with alchemical creation. I, they could summon things. Like there's lots of arcane implements. And everything in here is kept fastidious and neat and perfect. So there's not a symbol that a ritual just went off, like quite the opposite. It looks like somebody lovingly cleaned up this space and took care of it. Unlike the rest of the house, this room is not touched at all by by time in any sense. Everything is well-maintained, well-oiled. You're not going to find any rust or peeling paint in this room. So it's a pretty safe bet that they successfully summoned what they needed to summon. Or it was normal practice to summon things. Ugh. That's uh, that's so uncomfortable. Um, so yeah, I relay all this to everybody. I'm like, mm, this looks like uh, how I'd keep my fucking alchemy lab. And uh, and Vlad also kind of pushes forward. And well, this is the place. Let's get the book and get out of here. 
Yeah, I want to quick uh, immediately start searching. Uh, and he steps into the center of the room, and he immediately goes off towards, like, the, the main desk in this area. Um, and you see, as he bends down to, like, open a drawer or rifle through something, a figure appears behind him. This isn't a normal figure by any means. It is humanoid-looking, but it stands about nine feet tall. And as you see it appear, it appears to be this skeleton that's still covered in a loose layer of flesh and wrapped in these black tattered robes but the thing is when you look at its hands they are of an alarming just these huge spear-like fingers of bone that seem to drag on either side of the floor below it because they are so huge and heavy and as Vlad's back is turned one of these claws extends and you see just the sword of one of these fingers it spears Vlad through the back as he stands there and he just (gasps) completely startled as you see red blood is coughed up as this thing behind and this thing you see has a skull head except its eyes are filled with this red horrifying light and it says coughs out to the room now hello vladimir my father sent me to wait for you i will be so pleased to finally finally kill you who the fuck is this guy? And let's roll initiative. Rage. Ooh, I want to fuck him up. Um, yeah. So, Natural 20. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> fuck it. Uh, fuck I rolled you. a 17. That'll be a 9 for me. Okay. All in all, a 24. All right. Vlad doesn't do so hot. I mean, he's impaled, so, you know. Cool. Vlad the impaler. Except oh. in reverse. Vlad the impaled. Saye. is mad. Yeah, this thing is, um, it's absolutely horrifying. So it's like a skeleton, except its arms have been twisted and extended, and its hands are just these three fingers that are basically like great swords individually. Um, and you can sort of see, like, where the dead flesh is trying to maintain, like, tendons that are wrapped around the skeleton, but as if all the flesh has been peeled away from this body. I am just so stricken, grief-stricken, that he's been hurt, and I want to charge at this thing with my quarterstaff, like, up above my shoulder, like, screaming his name. Mm -hmm. And I want to attack it. Go for it. Going right for its torso, or I guess pelvis, being nine feet tall. Yeah, you're you're about pelvis level. 26. <laughs> That'll be good. Yes, that will okay. hit. <laughs> Seven damage do it, with do my it. quarter staff. And um, I'm going to do another keen powered, sorry, stunning strike. Uh, does your quarter staff count as a magical weapon? Well, I mean, if, if my fists do at the level I'm at, does my weapons also count? I don't think so. So I will look it up. So I think he's going to take half damage from that. Okay. As there's just not a lot of flesh to hit. So when you slam him with your quarterstaff, it just doesn't give you that same impact. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so you hit one with the quarterstaff? Yeah. Anything else? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, uh, since I wanted to do that next, I'm going to 
stun him next with the quarterstaff. And that's how I don't, because I rolled a natural one. Nope. <laughs> but I get another round in um, with my special power, and I'm going to use my special <gasps> power. The gift of the present? The gift of the present. Here it is. I'm going to give myself another round. All right. And I'm going to then give up on my quarterstaff and start punching it. Fair enough. <laughs> that was a 23 to hit. Yes, that will hit. That's six damage. And then I'm going to spend another key point to attack it two more times with Flurry of Blows. Seven damage plus ten more damage. And then finally with my extra attack. I'm going to attack it one final time. That's 22 to hit. Okay. Yeah. That's going to do it. And that's seven more damage. Nice. All right, so you get some solid, especially after you disregard the quarterstaff, as you're punching this thing and driving your fists into it, you're getting more of that satisfaction, like you're doing full damage to this thing as you come at it. And you feel like you get the crack of bone coming in there. And this thing, it has currently one of its hands is occupied um, by you know, impaling Vlad through the back. So it just turns to you and is now aware for the first time that anybody else except for himself and Vlad are in the room. And then Arnadol. I reach out with Awakened Mind and I, or fuck it, I'll just yell it. Hey, Vlad, how are you doing? <laughs> and he, he coughs and blood just like splatters the wall behind him. Well, then I'm going to blast the living fuck. You know what I'm going to do? I really want to try this out. I'm so excited about it. I'm going to use a spell slot. <gasps> to do what? I know, guys. I know. Whoa. Are you ready for this? I'm going to cast enervation what does that do and i'm gonna move close closer to this thing so that i'm with we're all within 60 feet of it right oh yeah right now yeah sick all right so i don't have to move enervation a tendril of inky darkness reaches out from me touching a creature that i can see within range to drain life from it the target must make a dexterity saving throw okay you gotta beat um i did not whatever it is i did not beat it i rolled a three (laughs) oh wow okay so uh, now, since you failed that, you're going to take 4d8 necrotic damage until the spell ends. And I can use my action on each turn to automatically deal 4d8 necrotic damage to the target. Um, I regain hit points. Oh, by the way, um, whenever the spell deals damage to the target, I regain hit points equal to half the amount of the necrotic damage that the target takes. Dang. So, Have you been damaged at all? No, but if it tries to damage me, I'll get it. Okay, so you roll 4d8 now, didn't deal that damage? Yeah. Uh, y'all help me with some math, okay? I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Eight. Mm-hmm. Four. Twelve. Uh, one. And seven. Twenty. Okay, so twenty necrotic. So it is going yeah. to take... You would sense about half of that. Ten! <laughs> it's resistant, motherfucker. It is a It is a skeleton. It's a skeleton boy. Yeah. I mean, but still, like, I get to deal that again. I'm now, it's like Witch Bolt, but deadlier. But, de- but ouchier. And it heals but you. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. That's awesome. So you hit it with this black writhing tentacle that just whoosh, and whips out and smacks this thing. All right. Sick. Uh, then, oh, is that my turn? Okay. So, Saye and Vlad are within five feet of me, you say. Haha. I'm going to need you both to make constitution saving throws. And by both, I mean my me and you. Oh, Vlad. Not great. 16. Okay, because Vlad is grappled because he's impaled. So he's going to take 5d12 
Ooh. Necrotic damage. 5d- wait, what did you say? 5d12? 5d12. Oh Is this where I kill my own NPC? Uh, it's looking like it. Uh, so at- do you know how many people are gonna riot if Vlad, <laughs> Vlad dies? dies? I will paper. riot. Uh, okay, so so essentially, what happens is this creature now recognizing that it's being blasted and attacked. Um, it moves in its other hand to strike at Vlad as well, and the darkness around the two of them just becomes immersive. So much to the point where they they disappear. And you see them reappear on the very, very far side of the attic room, back towards where the cages are. And Vlad now is just even worse off, as this thing has still got him fixated on a claw, as they seem to have teleported away out of combat, not incurring any attacks of opportunity. Um, but you see now that both hands are sunk into Vlad. Yep. And so, uh, also, this thing is effectively in the corner using uh, Vlad as a shield against anybody who's going to run over there. Uh, okay, and then Kara. Alright, how could I make it over there using my movement to run over there? Or be like... Yeah, the room is only about 30 feet uh, okay. long. Okay, so she is going to move over there. And she's gonna call out to Arnadel, Hey, I could really use Alistair's help over here. I.e., I would like for you to send him over here and use the the help action to give me advantage on my attack. I give him a little kiss? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> wait, do I have to wait for my turn? Nope. I give him a little kiss on his sweet little fucking head, and I fucking... Football, perfect spin. Send him sailing. Take a dragon. <laughs> Spiral Fucking him. He yeah. flies. And he probably so shoots glitter out of his oh, absolutely. ass. Absolutely. Like, on the way. So you have been punted a pseudo dragon. Okay. <laughs> so the Alistar we know about. So you have Alistar with you. Yes. So he is just, he's shooting off like towards this thing and just spewing purple glitter. <laughs> Which is distracting as hell. <laughs> and that's how he's giving you advantage. Because there's just so, so much glitter. glitter. And this this undead thing doesn't know what to do with the herpes of the craft world. <laughs> Excellent. Alright, well that... Um, Alright, so that will be a 27 to hit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good. Oh, yeah. Mm. And then we'll do 11 damage. Okay. Every, I have to make a note. Every time Alistar gets sent... To a companion of Arnadel's, he goes straight to wrapping his little cute self around your neck or your arm like sl- a slap bracelet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he can't even. He just so coils funny. around because that's all he can do. Mm. He's terrified. Oh, man. Yeah. That'll be a 22 for my next attack. All right. Ooh, fuck yeah, mm. that's max damage. Dang. So that's going to be 20 damage. And then... Oh, I'm not even raging. Then she's going to use her bonus action to rage. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even mad. <laughs> yeah, oh. you're not even... Because I'm not even, like, I'm not even mad yet. I forgot to get mad. Oh, guys, sorry. Oh. <laughs> sorry, eh? Uh, oh, Vlad. <laughs> yes. Vlad, Vlad, Vlad. What are we going to do? 
Honestly, what are we going to do? We're, we're going to save you, okay? That's what we're going to do. Yeah, Vlad is going to not die tonight. Hang on. Let's see what Vlad does. I mean, he's not unconscious. He's not at zero HP. Nope. Right. Oh, my God. What a beefy motherfucker. Fuck yeah, Vlad. Fuck yeah. Uh, so, again, this effect occurs where shadows just seem to fill in around the two of these combatants there around Vlad and this Skeletor that's fighting you. And um, at the shadows seem to absorb into Vlad. Like, he uses them and he pulls them closer to himself. And as he does so, it seems like he regains some kind of life and vitality. And just the blood stops trickling from his mouth as some semblance of color returns to him. And the area itself becomes brighter. And that is what he is doing for his turn. Okay. And then uh, moving along to Saye. So this thing has now moved out of your reach. It is on this far side of the room here, uh, still holding Vlad. I want to, I guess, go closer. Okay. And this feels like it's a bad idea, but I want to use my quarterstaff to bang at, like, the thing's wrists or elbows Mm -hmm. to try and break whatever fine-ass tissue remaining on it and break the bones so it, like, isn't holding Vlad anymore. Sure. Yeah, yeah, you can definitely attack the wrist that is holding the, uh... Yeah, some joint. That's a 23 to hit. Mm Mm-hmm. Deal damage. Ooh, um, 12 damage. Okay. Yeah, so as you hit this thing, you just hit it at the exact right angle, like where the wrist bone is connected to the flailing. In the arm, the hand itself is the heaviest part of this creature, right? And so you smack it right at that delicate angle, and you hear a crunching sound as you completely separate the hand from the arm. So Vlad stumbles forward. He's still got these three bone fingers through his body but it's no longer connected to the creature itself so he he stumbles away no longer grappled nice oh hell Um, yeah i want to like pretty much hold on to him or like help steady him against something and start working on how to get things out yeah yeah so he yeah he stumbles forward and kind of leans on you and he's like how tall are you? You're like five something? I'm like five five. Yeah, so he's like six six. So he's like, like this big guy. Like, But he, he bounces back over towards you and you've, you've got him. And he's solid and facing the creature. Nice. Okay, sweet. And then Arnadel. So you can just hit him with innervation again, right? All right. Yes. So roll your damage. It's another 4d8. Okay. Four plus a five plus a four plus a one. 14. So you will do 7 necrotic. Anything else for your turn? No. So you just issue that pulse of dark energy one more time. Uh, And then we are up to... Oh, it's me. Oh, it's me, you say? Can I just do this all the time? That's terrible. Just gonna teleport again? Fuck you. (laughs) Can everybody within 5 feet of me please make a constitution saving throw? So that'll be Kara and Saye and Vlad. Is it a spell? It is not a spell. It is not poison. It is... Nope. I'm pretty sure this this doesn't qualify. Oh, uh, wait. 11. Okay. 9. 
Nine. Oh, sorry. You're going to take 5d12s. Oh my god. You... What's your HP? Well, right now it's 57. Oh. Dear. So that'll be That's... 36 points of necrotic damage. Sounds like there's more coming. 36 necrotic. And then... And then... As you, the next thing you hear is a shattering sound. As this creature, you you hear heavy footsteps that land on the roof of this place, and you see that one of the windows in this room has been shattered, and this creature is trying to run away. Fuck you. You're not going nowhere. So it is Proud now officially up on the roof um, and fleeing. So it did its teleporty thing, so it didn't incur tax opportunity. Correct. It disappears via shadow. Okay, and then, Kara, it is your turn, though. It's going up towards the roof. So it's already up on the roof. So imagine, so if the roof itself, it's got this one straight wall, and then it's got the slanted wall. So right now, it's basically standing uh, outside on top of the manor house, like on the hypotenuse of this triangle. And it broke through one of the two windows that are in that slanted roof now. So it's standing right up above there. I would I like to thing. follow suit and try and climb up through that broken window. Uh, go ahead and make me an athletics check. Certainly. 17. Okay, yeah. So since it's not as high as a normal window, you can definitely, you can use your movement. You can go run over there hoist yourself up out of the window and Kara now can just throw herself up on top of the roof so you are standing on this slanted tile roof right with this thing just crouched there on the outside now the gray mist hits you again and all the light is kind of alarming after being in this dim attic and so the two of you are facing off on this roof boom boom I would like to action surge yes, and try yes. and beat the shit out of this guy, cause fuck you. <laughs> That'll be sixteen. That will do it. Just that is the number. All right, make my second attack. Oh, I'm going to use my gift of the past to reroll that. Hey, yeah. that's a twenty-one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, and then bonus action to attack. Ooh, that's a 27. I'm so happy you chased this motherfucker. Actually, wait, hold on. It's 6 plus mm. 2 plus 8, so that's 24 damage off the bat. Oh, fuck. 24, 30, 38, 40, 43, 45, Jeez. 46 total damage. <laughs> How Kara want to smash? <gasps> ah! <laughs> so she climbs up, pull, hoists her up onto this roof, locks eyes with, or I mean, what? Empty red glowing lights in the socket of the skull. Yes. She locks it. She feels its intention. We're squaring off for a second. And then immediately just three lightning fast strikes goes immediately one for the one for the like the joint and the right pelvis second one right through the middle oops second one right through the middle of the spine and third one right up Mm. through the through the rib cage like knocking off its head with her hand guard and then just shakes it off for a sword no one crosses 
me or my friends. And you're saying that, like, badass bitch standing on the roof with your sword aloft, like, in the middle of the mist on top of this house as you fell this skeleton, like, creature. Uh, you just, yeah, absolutely tear it to shreds, dissolving both the, the skeleton and the ichor that made up its musculature here. And the one remaining, like, skeleton hand, like, presses down its claws, uh, in a, in a futile attempt to not just fall completely to its death. And as the life leaves this thing, it, it says to you, Tell Vlad, I will be back. I will always be back until my purpose is served and Vittorio has his revenge. And at that, it just seems to fall apart. Like, it just falls as these skeleton bones rattle down the edge of the roof and fall off into the gardens down below. Hey, Vlad! Yeah! <laughs> and, and Vlad, I can't believe he's still alive! Vlad like, has taken fuck? some serious fucking oh hits, God, and he yeah. is leaning real heavy on you, Saye, at this point. Yeah, I got him, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, Kara, yeah, you make your way back down, and he he goes, still, he's trying to drag himself over to, like, where the desk is. It's the book. We must find the book. Mm. Yeah, I got it. I, I go for it. I use detect magic, and I look mm-hmm. laser vision right through the desk to see. Yeah. Yeah, so you, you take some time searching the room, and Vlad sinks against like on onto a chair in the room uh and you find it eventually uh you find one of the the portraits in the room you lift it aside there's a safe eventually you get this book and as you open this container that it was stored in you look at this this black bound tome and the the material on this is weird it's it's the writing on it is strange and alien and maybe uh, you just get such a sense of evil and wrongness from this book that you actually get sick at the idea of having to touch this thing. I bet it's made out of human skin. (laughs) And as you find it and open this up, Vlad Vlad kind of perks his head up again. Don't. Don't touch it. And he he, like... It's almost like he's shoving something back into place as he goes and he stands up and he 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 scoops the book up, if you'll let him. Yeah. I probably use my, like, robe sleeves mm-hmm. to, you know, like with the palantir when, like, they, he p- uses his robe sleeves to pick it up or to cover it or whatever. And it's like, ugh. Mm-hmm. It's like that thing. And yeah, he he sweeps it off into his robe, and he he leans against like the fireplace edge, and is looking at all of you. And if you feel compelled to tell Rem and Kristoff about this, that's fine. But if this can remain a secret, please allow it to be so. Oh no! I turn him like you guys. Won't even think about it again. Yeah, what are you talking about, Vlad? We don't know what you're talking about. Thank you. It is a comfort to have friends. Oh. And he 
he look he looks down at the book again and he kind of he dramatically slumps a lot like against one and he's like we should go before i cannot bring you back can i give him a health potion i have one yeah that'd be great i give him my health <laughs> potion okay yeah and he immediately looks looks better but he's stable yeah he's stable he he's better he's not he bleeding out of his eyes anymore yeah he looks at you all again and then raises a hand and that gray mist begins to swirl in around you and the scene fades and you find yourselves back at the Elysium Keep. And that is the end of our Halloween adventure. Yeah, but I have so many questions for Vlad. I know, but thank you all so much for tuning in. I'm definitely going to tell an adult. I don't like that Vlad just has this. Don't you dare. Why are you tattling on Vlad? Yeah, Vlad's our homie. Because he, it shouldn't only be his burden to try and protect it and, and keep it out of harm's way. Reasons, maybe it's not the Sisters of Sorrow to know every detail on everyone's know. life. You know, I was totally gonna tell. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you everybody for sticking around for tuning in. I have been your Spookmaster Celeste Gunnowich. I've been your Moon Elf. Uh, Warlock, Arnadella Del played by Brittany. And I, Nassim, have been your grief-stricken human monk, Sayonor. And I have been your slayer, Carbon Hilda, played by Sage. <laughs> yes, thank you everybody so much for tuning in, and until next time... Venture away! Venture away! Venture away, <laughs> away everybody! Do it. Book time. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, motherfucker. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Get scared. Holy moly, we learned so much about Vlad in that episode. I don't know that Car will ever be able to look at him the same way again. She's totally gonna tell Rem and Kristoff about that weird artifact. Well, before I sign off, I wanted to tell you guys about our amazing new sponsor, Archvillain Games. They've got a super cool Kickstarter going on now until October 31st for these incredible binders for your character sheets. They're called the Archvillain Gauntlet. They hold up to five character sheets, and get this, when it's closed, you can see all the vital stuff about your character, stats, abilities, skills, all that sort of stuff on the front, and on the back, you can view your spell sheet. They're so detailed and just absolutely spectacular, and they're even themed for every class. Over $40,000 was spent prototyping these bad boys, and man does it show. Go to archvillaingames.com or head over to Kickstarter and search them to take in the beauty of the Archvillain Gauntlet.
But now until we hopefully get to catch you on our Twitch stream next time, check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, message us, tweet us, all these things. We love hearing from you guys. We love your support. Be sure to check out our Patreon to see all of the amazing rewards we offer to all of our patrons. But alright, enough from me. We'll catch you cats next time.